This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to Rob Ryan Red, a Wrexham FC podcast by Nathan Salt and Rich Faye, bringing you all the latest views, news and interviews from around the race course. Now, if you're new around here, Make sure to subscribe, but enough of that, let's get on with the show. Kreuzer, hello and welcome to the latest episode of Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham AFC podcast, or should that be the Man United podcast this week, brought to you in association with Red 10 People Development. On today's episode, we'll unpack all the details from Wrexham's friendly match against Manchester United in midweek, look back at the recent trip to Spain, discuss the ongoing issues at the club, talk about transfers, and look ahead to this weekend's friendly against Macclesfield. Nave, it's been a busy old week, as we seem to say every single episode. But yeah, how are you doing? I'm I'm good. It, my phone, I, I can't hack it anymore, Rich. Uh, I'm I'm not used to uh, Rob Ryan Red being so popular. Um, so thanks for everyone that has followed us on there. And yeah, Instagram, Twitter, it's been been ridiculous, hasn't it? You're maybe used to it. You're more of a high flyer than me. But yeah, I'm back home. It's very nice to to be back. I went into uh, went to the race course, had a nosy around um, day before the home kit came out. So that was a little bit of a shame for me that I wasn't there for the red one, the red kit, which we'll get onto. But new scoreboard, Rich, saw that, very flashy. Caught up with a couple of the players. They're doing well. Lots of smiles at this time of year, as you can imagine. Lots of optimism that this is finally going to be the year. But I think they were very excited about this this trip to Carrington, as we all were. And I don't know, something the mystique of a behind-closed-doors game, not something that we get too often at this level, but definitely the bigger teams love to have a behind-closed-doors just to have a look. And, and as you can sort of fill us in, Eric Ten Hag was itching after that tour of Thailand and Australia to to test himself against Wrexham or, or, or more, more so have a look at some of the new guys. Yeah, so like you said that, I mean, I know this piece of information comes from you, Nath, but it was quite a, a short notice friendly. Some Wrexham players had, yeah. had flown back from Spain and originally planned to go down south, hadn't they? They, they weren't expecting a game in midweek. They were just all focused yeah, they, on this they, match Yeah, they game. flew back. That's it. They, they flew back. There was a couple of... Just because the idea was... I'm led to believe the idea was 
they'd get a bit of a break after Spain. You know, I think Spain was very intensive, wasn't it? Away from family, two games, lots of training. And they always give them a bit of a break for the Macclesfield game. And so a couple of the lads who were based down south, you know, Ollie Palmer, uh, Jake Hyde, Elliot Lee, a couple of others who were based down that way, flew back separately. The rest of them flew to Manchester Airport. So, yeah, I'm led to believe the idea was a couple of days off. Man United friendly was arranged. Originally, the plan was get them against United's under-23s. Um, that wasn't the case in the end. I think you'll, you'll know a bit more, Rich, but Eric Ten Hag keen to get minutes in, under the belt. And what a great experience for our lads as well. You know, I, not very often they'll get to go to United's training ground and, and just be around it and, you know, playing in front of players that they watch on TV all the time. So I think, yeah, great experience for our lads and a great memory for them, I think. Yeah, and another sort of reality check of these are the standards that are needed. Obviously, this isn't maybe playing against a full Premier League side, but mm. at least if you want to be a competitive football league team, you need to be be able to play against the very best. And it's a real good learning curve. It can only benefit our players ahead of the new season. And I think predominantly what needs to be boiled down here is from both points of view, Wrexham United did just see this as a, as a fitness exercise and a good match experience for both of them ahead of their campaign starting uh, next weekend. So the score was always sort of just secondary for both teams involved. And from people I've spoken to, both clubs happily agreed to have this behind closed doors. I know some Wrexham fans said that they wanted the game to maybe be at the, the Kairas to get some fans in so that they could enjoy the spectacle because we all wanted to watch it United fans and Wrexham fans wanted to to watch it but both clubs agreed that you know it should be behind closed doors it is just a an exercise really of match practice ahead of the new season and you know people I've spoken to at United said that Wrexham were very accommodating in that there wasn't real really too much of a pushback saying oh can we not try to get some fans in can we not have it here Wrexham were very much open to that and Phil Parkinson as well wanted it to be quite hush 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 he wasn't too bothered about you know making it more of an event than it was but of course Man United are involved so it does become a worldwide event as anyone who has been on our Twitter feed today will have realised and yeah as you said there Nath originally the plan was for United to play against oh sorry for United to field their youngsters mm. the under 21s were already in action on Tuesday night against Kidderminster Harriers uh, certain that night Percival currently plays for Kidderminster for any Wrexham fans listening uh, they won that game United youngsters as well so you you know it's a, it is a formidable academy setup they have but Eric Ten Hag came back from the preseason trip he saw that a few players needed minutes so we'll get on to who was involved later on but from a United point of view it was some players who just hadn't quite had enough game time on tour. So Varane, James Garner, both played the entirety of the match. Alejandro Garnacho, who of course burst onto the scenes under Ralph Rannick. He didn't play at all on pre-season. He, ke- he played in the game against Wrexham. And then a chance for the two new boys as well, uh, Lissandro Martinez and Christian Eriksen. They played a half each, 45 minutes, and they will be involved this weekend United play on Saturday and Sunday, sort of a first team and a second string team. So Eric Ten Hag just wanted them both to to get a feel for things in his system before you know they were thrown in maybe further at the deep end and so that they're better prepared for possibly featuring on the opening day of the Premier League weekend as well. And Nath, you and myself were doing as much investigative work as we could and the scores started <laughs> trickling through. It was by about half time where we really had the first proper update, didn't we? I got a text saying, I don't know if you realise, but Rob Ryan Red is trending in Brazil, which 
is is absolutely it was bonkers. It's it's very very silly, but it's funny how Twitter works. Uh, Half time, yeah, we did get a text, and I'm always a bit wary. You know, maybe I'm still scarred by the Oldham fiasco, but double checking, and I thought, no, this has come from somebody incredibly in the know in the setup, and it came through and won all at half time. And I thought that's brilliant. You know, a lot of the news was being sort of taken by Christian Eriksen, as you say, got his first goal from a free kick. You know, as we know, deadly on set pieces. And I'm sure uh, you'll have been watching videos of Jordan Davis last season, no doubt. So, yeah, free kick and good finish, I was told. Uh, but, you know, lest we forget Aaron Hayden, super Aaron Hayden, who before the game was kind of talking himself up a little bit that he might score, does go and score and... Uh, pulls out Rich in front of the man himself watching on from the stands. I think it was on, um, it was obviously at Carrington. I think they were using like an under-18s pitch. I'm not fully familiar with Carrington and kind of the seating and, and the different stadiums and pitches, but I think it was on one of the under-18s pitches. And yeah, Aaron Hayden leveled it up from a corner. I think it was Kovar, I think his name is, I might get that wrong, in the United goal, scores, as he will many times for us this season, and pulls out the a tr- trademark Cristiano Ronaldo celebration. <laughs> the the C celebration. See you so, in League Two celebration. See yeah. you in League Two, yeah. So God knows what a watching Cristiano Ronaldo thought of Aaron Hayden. But I, I hope he smiled. I hope he thought, you know what? Good on him. Aaron Hayden's a fabulous player. And you know what? I think we went in at half time. Like I say, we've been up against Ericsson. I know he's getting his first minutes. Lissandro Martinez, United fans are really keen to see how he did. And we got all these replies, Rich, about, God, we can't even keep a clean sheet against Wrexham. You know, what's that meant to say about Ten Hag or whatever? I don't think it was. I really think, as you said, like it wasn't really important for either team. Obviously, we didn't want to get smashed. But um, the report I got in the first half was that we, you know, we played well. We, we, we knocked it around nicely. Really good run out for players. Obviously, a lot of chopping and changing. One of the things that a couple of people involved who were, who were there watching said was that Christian Eriksen barely looked like he was like he was so casual with it, but was so much better than everyone else. If you get what I'm saying, yeah, kind of like it was nonchalant. I guess said about Berbatov, just... yeah, just just like really, they just said in midfield he he had so he was like playing in slow motion while everyone else was running around, and I think that was just shows you the the class the class difference. But but one all at half time we can't sniff at that even if it is just a behind closed doors friendly I think for those first 45 were a real good test for our lads yeah exactly and that's why Ten Hag fought so hard to to get Ericsson in it's because he's basically a younger sort of player in the Juan Mata mold someone who just can help them dictate those games from deep next season you know he, he was excellent in the Premier League since he joined I think since he had his spell at Brentford, only Martin Odegaard and Kevin De Bruyne created more chances in the Premier League than Christian Eriksen. So he is a real top-class elite footballer still. And what a great challenge that is for for Wrexham to face them. But Martinez and Eriksen went off at half-time. Mm. Wrexham conceded another three goals. That doesn't matter too much. Um, That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. But in terms of Wrexham involvement as well, Naif, in the game, no Jordan Davis at all? No, no, no Jordan and no Elliot Lee. Uh, what I was told on Jordan, a, a minor calf strain. It, it's it's just what was just an extension of what was happening in Spain. Obviously, he plays in that Nantwich game. As far as I've been told, it is nothing to worry about. But it's just not worth risking him now 
for what is just it just needs rest you know what i mean you can imagine can't you rich it just needs a bit of rest a, a calf strain just got to relax it and i don't think you know it's a shame because uh jordan, jordan wasn't with the group um for the man united trip so yeah of course i maybe i'm thinking about it more he probably was fine with it and, and wasn't too fast I, I would be thinking i've missed out on on a great little day trip but you know i'm sure I'm sure he's not too bothered. Elliot Lee didn't play, but both of them were in the kit launch and, you know, nothing too serious there. There were no, you know, nothing silly, no crutches or anything daft like that. So I think it was just a, a, a sensible exercise, get some minutes into players. Um, Aaron Hayden took a, took a knock, took a serious knock, and then he, he got cut on his face, but he's absolutely fine. He's a warrior and feeling good. And, you know, some of the, some of the people I spoke to who were watching said, look, we... Looked sharp, yeah. We we concede and we concede to goals from who is it now? Garnacho, uh, Tellers, and Ahmad Diallo. Yeah. So when you put it in perspective, we were five two down to Dover, mate. So you know, if we were five two down to Dover Athletic, who had Michael Giassi, we he had us on strings now at Chesterfield. Obviously, I, I think four one at Man United when we were one one at our time. I don't think that's and look we what one thing we don't know that everybody loves on twitter line up please line up i beg line honestly our mentions were silly just absolutely silly line up line up line up i don't know the full lineup all i know is that harry lennon got some minutes he got 25 against knots forest 25 minutes believe he got a bit more than that today jordan tunnicliffe who also didn't play against nantwich did he play against leganess not sure if he did can't remember um he's been eased into pre-season he got some minutes so I'm sure it's a really useful exercise for for Phil Parkinson his players and you know got Macclesfield coming up we'll hear from a Macclesfield fan later but all in all Rich sounds like pretty much a clean bill of health everyone who's gone has come back fine and yeah brilliant brilliant experience for some of the new lads as well some of the younger lads who were there yeah priceless and again I know that some people listening still might be from United perspective and again there were some United youngsters involved like we said Garner which is good for him again Garnacho as he said his first minutes uh, under Ten Hag Kovar Hannibal played so yeah it was a real good outing for, for both teams and exactly what they both need ahead of their, their season starting uh, a week on Saturday for Wrexham and a week on Sunday for United mm. and to be devil's advocate United beat Liverpool 4-0 in their first preseason friendly, so we've done something <laughs> Jurgen Klopp's side couldn't do and actually scored against them. Um, like I said, I do compare Aaron Hayden to Virgil van Dijk quite regularly, so yeah, maybe yeah. that is even more fitting uh, now. But yeah, Wrexham lost 4-1 to round that up, but a great exercise. What do you make said. of Ronaldo? What do you think of Ronaldo watching on, though? Like, what, I, wonder what Ren- I wonder what Ronaldo would have made of Wrexham. Like, I wonder what he'd have made of... You know, well, Molly it was Rob McElhaney who tweeted, "Who's Ronaldo?" And <laughs> he did, he did, he did. I just wonder what he made of it all, because you know his head's all over the place, isn't it? At the minute, he sounds like he's having these meetings at Carrington and whatever, and you know, to get back onto Wrexham. I just wonder what he'd have made. You know, a couple of days back in, he's not obviously he's not been on strike or anything. As he's had his family reasons why he's been away, but back in watching Super Paul Mullin and Co. One all at our time. I just wonder what he made of it. I'd love to know, but we will never know. But I would love to know. Yeah, maybe we can ask him when he's signed as backup for Jordan Davis next season, <laughs> having to wear the number yeah. 77 shirt because it's already taken. But, but we'll yeah. see. Who knows what lies ahead.
since we recorded the last pod, Wrexham have played another two games as well. The matches, as you mentioned previously, out in Spain against Leganes. Is it Leganes? Leganes? And against... Leganes, yeah. Leganes. Nottingham Forest under-21s as well. Again, it's it, you can't read too much into it because they are only pre-season matches, but another good two tests for us and things are starting to really build up now ahead of the season, which is so close. Yeah, I think the Leganes game, I know there was a team night out, which sounded incredibly heavy, actually. Um, but, you know, it all about team bonding on that trip as well. It was as much about fitness and games as, as it was for kind of integrating the new boys and I know they were messing around in the pool and we saw Aaron Hayden do a front flip which hopefully we don't see on the pitch anytime soon um, because he did not land that uh, as he would have hoped I'm sure um, but yeah like it's not about reading too much into any of the results because as you know Rich you could have a blind in pre-season um, and we all get very giddy and then we play Eastley and we lose or we could have a terrible pre-season and you go and put four past Eastley and that's all that matters so what I would say is from the highlights of the Leganes game, far too easy to cut us open. I think that was more of a fitness thing. And it was interesting that we saw Luke Young give away the penalty against Leganes. That put him 1-0 up. And then he redeemed himself by winning a penalty against Notts Forest. Not, not, I shouldn't say Notts, should I? That's sacrilegious. Nottingham Forest. And he scored uh, that penalty as well. So... You know, I think for him as well, it'd be great for him to get some more goals this season because I think he was really frustrated last season not to get on the score sheet. Especially, he'd basically been sewing up the goal of the season award with those like long-range stunners. So I think he was a little bit frustrated that he wasn't able to get goals from midfield. So definitely an area he's working on. Parkey believes in him. He said this week that you know he's a great finisher, great striker of the ball, and the goals will come. You know, More quality players, more, more space for him to operate on the edge of the box where he lo- likes to be. Yeah, so I'm hopeful that Luke can Luke can get some goals this season. But yeah, ultimately, I, I looked at it 25 minutes for Harry Lennon. The key thing for me, Rich, the only downside of the Spain trip on the playing side of things, because it definitely looked good at the end. They they met with the fans and there were some great stories. A uh, quick tangent: Paul Mullin was having a, he had a blister on his boot, did you, uh, blister on his foot. Did you see that story, Rich? I did not see that story. No, I've not no. Been... So he had so he had a blister on his foot, Paul Mullin. And a little bit of his boot was irritating him. And so he said to a fan, like, you know, they've got I, anything. I did they see this, managed, yeah. They did, and they managed to cut a bit out of the boot, and the fan said, any chance I can have that little scrap of your boot? You know, we all like little mementos here or there. So Mullen said, yeah, no no worries, give you it. Obviously, top man. And he said, I'll give you the boots. Um, after Mullen didn't play in the final game, just sat that one out, um, no stress there at all. And so the fan thought, oh, I can't see him. Maybe I won't get the boots. Mullen personally sought him out afterwards and presented him with the boots. So, yeah, top man. And I know that there was all sorts of bentos challenging some kids who'd gone out there to a race. Uh, you know, people chatting with Aaron Hayden, loads of pictures, Jake Hyde and all that signing shirts. Brilliant. The fan said it was unbelievable. We went out there. Uh, Parky going on the team bus. Uh, not team bus. Parky going on the, the bus that the supporters had arranged and fair play to anyone who went out there because it wasn't easy we've already spoken in, on previous episodes about you know definitely lessons could have been learned from the pre-season that is an area where I think it's fair criticism you know in terms of how it's gone it's been a bit haphazard I know things have been out of the club's control in terms of Covid ruling out one team and it's been a bit haphazard but 
look, it, it's done now. Fans did their best. They arranged a coach. They went down there en masse, 100 or so of them. Really, really good. But I think the one drawback for me, Rich, was on the back of that injury to Reesville Johnson, we didn't see Bryce play once on that on that trip. So I think, look, got to go and get a, a right wing back. I don't want to be spending too long with Liam McAlinden as our right wing back. And that's said with the greatest respect to Liam McAlinden. It's just not his position. Um, and we, we can ill afford to go weeks and weeks if both Bryson and Reese are still out. It's it's a really interesting one, that, isn't it? I, like we said on the previous podcast, I think McAlinden can do a job as a short, sort of stopgap and as a short-term fix. But I think if you're looking long-term... And you've even got to think, what if someone else gets injured with all the games coming up? There's got to be that real quality in in depth that we maybe don't have at right wing back at the moment. So it could be really interesting to see how, how that one is solved. Mm. And like we said, we, we, we will address the transfers and what we know about certain players in a minute. mentioned it there, Nate, it probably is worth discussing. I mean, the preseason trip, like we said and we've said before, there is mitigation to why it was quite last minute and, and badly organised. We also had the game that got cancelled. The season ended, you know, later than expected, so we can plan ahead quite as much as other teams and other opposition. And there's been some discussion on social media this week about certain issues at the club and obviously we can't go into the ins and outs of every all of them because we simply don't have the insight on all of the issues and we don't want to mm. speculate on certain things that we don't know about because that's not fair and that just adds more complication and doesn't yeah. really really solve anything some of the issues have sort of solved themselves or things have come to light subsequently and you know one for instance has been there's been some complaints about the kit the kit launch quite late in the season but that is just a worldwide global issue. There's teams in the Premier League who haven't released either of their kits. They're not for sale yet. There's teams in our league who don't have kits for sale. That is just a worldwide shipping crisis. I know you can say, well, that's convenient, but that's just the matter. Mm. Now, what I'd say, what I'd say on kits, very quickly, Rich, what I'd say on kits is we've got to, and this is just a broader point, for, this could go on any podcast for any club. We have to get to a point now where I think we go towards a model similar to the third kit. You know, I, I, we have to get to a point where we don't change kits every season. That's just got to be in football. I think that's just got to be, from my personal opinion, is I get we like to have new kits, but I think maybe keep the home shirt for two seasons and then in between you change the away one. And then when you change, you know, you keep the away, you know Alternate, what I mean? Yeah. Alternate years. Yeah, because I think it's so expensive. And I know fans are buying them. We saw fans queuing at 5.30 in the morning to get this the red, the red new red kit. And maybe I'm barking at the wrong tree but I think that something like the white one where it was able to be used last season we got to the final in it we can use it again this season I get I love I get from a business perspective that's not the way clubs want to go but I think in terms of what would be beneficial to a lot of supporters and it would just ease the kind of pressure on clubs to just you know get a new design out and 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 these global shortages, because like you say, it's affecting everyone, Premier League level clubs, not just National League clubs. I mean, Eastleigh, at the time of recording, I think, have still not even revealed their home or away kit, and they're our opening fixture. So I'm sure they'll be playing in blue, uh, and I don't know what the hell their away kit is, but, you know, we're definitely not the last in, in, in there. And look, 
they've sold, they've been flying off the shelves today when we're recording on Wednesday. Flying off the shelves, some sides have even sold out. So I think on the kit one, the club have, have done what they can. And ultimately, I think it's been a been a success. The red one's been super popular. The blue one's been really popular. On the kit one, I, I don't think there's too much ground for gripe there, really. No, and another thing I'd point out is that as fans and consumers of the product, we complain when a team releases a generic template kit. And if you want the team to release a template kit, they can do that early. They can just whack the Wrexham logo onto any Macron stuff they've got in stock. But if you want a bespoke kit with the embroidery and with the Welsh dragons in it, then they have to be made to order. So there's going to be a longer turnover on them. So, you know, you get, you almost, it's what you vote for. Fans wanted these Mm, better quality kits, which cost an extra £5, I believe, or so than, than a typical template sort of model would cost. Yeah. And then as a result, there's also going to be longer turnover for them to actually get produced. Shirt printing not being offered doesn't affect me because, you know, I'm a grown man. I know some people will like to have <laughs> Paul Mullen stuff on the back of their shirt. and I, I totally get that as well. Also for, for framing issues, I think for people with young children in particular, that is a big issue. I do yeah. think that should be offered by the club. It's an easy money maker. Surely not too much hassle. It's always been done previously. And, you know, Dan and Matt used to do a great job of that in the club shop. It was mm. just effortless. I, I, I know you can say, well, it's not the biggest issue at all, but it is an issue. And for some fans, that is a, that is a problem. But for younger fans, for young, rich, for young, rich, for younger fans, it is. You know what I mean? It is, it is a, it is an issue because I know I don't know about you. When I was young, I did like getting the the names and numbers on the back. You know, right now, if I was a young fan, I would want Davis seven or Mullin ten or what. You know what I mean? I would want I would want those um, those numbers. So. Like I say, I, I get it. It's not the it's not the biggest frustration. I think of all the things we can complain about, that's probably low on the agenda. But yeah. all I want next season, all I want, obviously going up in terms of the kit, I just want an embroidered badge. I don't know like what sticking point is, but they're just so much nicer. I yeah. did go in and see the kits, and it and it does look nice as it is, but you can't be an embroidered badge really. Um, no, and I know that people have been talking about this Vista print. We'll maybe get onto that sponsor, but new sponsor on the shirt sleeve. Maybe you should just say it, Rich. Vista print for the men. And Blake Lively, uh, wife of Ryan Reynolds, her company, Betty Buzz, on the women's kit. And you know what? Dare I say, Rich, I think, sorry to Vista print fans, I, I, I like the Betty Buzz sponsor. I wish that was going to sponsor in the home kit for the men. But a good problem to have. And again, maybe in the grand scheme of things, not the, not the biggest issue. We've covered the preseason tour. There have been complaints about the Chester training facility that the club will be using. The pro- the the preference for the club was to not have to use one because obviously it's not when you when your mission statement is to beat Chester, beat Chester, beat Chester, beat Chester to then go to Chester. Obviously, isn't the best look at times, but in terms of what works logistically for the club, it is the best option available to them because they've just haven't been having to do things quite haphazardly depending on who's got availability. They've had to be training on the race course pitch. There's been, you know, maybe nothing serious, but a few little knocks and niggles picked up from training on bad surfaces in the past. So there's a really good facility there that Wrexham can use. And yes, it might, on the postcode, might not be a Wrexham address, but... At the end of the day, we need it's we just need the uh, the best facility available to us in in the sort of local area and a, a good hub for 100%. lots of players, and that that 100%. works. And you know, if Chester are going to play in Flintshire, I think it's only fair that we go in there, train in their <laughs> neck of the woods as a bit of a deal. 
Rich, we just need we just need a facility that people have spoken very highly of that isn't you know, people behind the scenes I spoke to were saying we just want a facility where we're not worried about injuries to players. You know, last thing we need look, in an ideal world well in an ideal world Rex would be in the Champions League or whatever, but in an ideal world Rex would be in the football league by now, or would have gone swimmingly, there'd be an extra promotion spot. But yeah, in an ideal world we'd have Colliers or we'd have another bespoke facility in Wrexham. Right now we don't we don't have that. We can't get regular access to Collies, I'm assuming. I'm not sure what happened with Lex. I'm sure some, someone listening maybe can let us know that um, there's more in the know. But who knows? But I, I I think you've got to get the best facility you can. Optically, yeah, it doesn't look great, but I'm I have absolutely no issue with it, to be totally frank. Um I'm I just want the, the lads to be playing in a facility training where they can get the best treatment and where they can get the best chance of success. Yeah, absolutely. Wrexham Lager deal obviously been spoken about. Caused a storm. Has caused a storm. And I do understand both sides of the story. Again, what's actually happened is that Molson Coors are replacing Carlsberg as a supplier within the stadium, hospitality and concourse bars. Wrexham Lager is still on draft alongside their offerings of Carling, Coors and Madry around the kiosks, around the Kairas. It's non-exclusive, so like we said, means official club partners and the stand sponsors Wrexham Lager will also remain on sale. But there is an image circulating on social media of the Carling logo being plastered all over the Wrexham Lager stand, which, you know, from what they're paying as a sponsor of the stand and as a local business and someone who has been, you know, synonymous with the club for the last couple of decades, it's a, it is a bad, bad look. But I think that maybe just has to go into the ins and outs of the deal that they've signed and whether that was something that was stipulated in the contracts that were exchanged because, you know, other alcohol has been on sale in the race course when Wrexham Lager have been involved previously. It's just when an image goes online of, you know, the Carling logo in the Wrexham Lager stand, it, it isn't the best look, is it? And particularly when the entire ethos and, well, what we've been sold really as fans has been this community spirit and it's a working class town. And, you know, Wrexham Lager is a local business who we've been trying to work alongside, someone who's been great to the club during difficult times in the past and has stuck by us that maybe it's not the best reward for their loyalty. And again, it's difficult to say because we don't know the ins and outs of the actual contracts that are exchanged, but I totally get why they would be upset. But I also understand from yeah, Wrexham's point totally. of view that, you know, Wrexham Lager is still on sale, but if you've sponsored a stand... I think you've got every right to complain. Hundred percent. I mean, look, <laughs> you, 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 the stand is named after your lager company, so naturally you're not going to be too pleased. And it's all, it's all, again, it's all about communication. Were they aware of that image before it, you know, it came out? Where's that image come from? I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of lessons that can be learned across the season, and trying to stay as positive as possible. I know that doesn't, that might come across to certain people as happy clapping. I totally get the frustration um, over the Wrexham Lager thing. I just hope that it was done in the right way and there was at least a, a conversation to be had. Um, but yeah, are we have we have we rattled through what we need to get through, Rich? I don't know on that list. It was a long list and it got a lot of traction actually. Um, it got a lot of replies. So 
I think we spoke. Uh, yeah, I mean, Tom, we put that out. Yeah, Tom Pittman, which is again, I he, I know he got a bit of flack from it, but I think that he's got every right to voice any concerns he has about the club. He great was in to, Spain. Great, he was yeah. in Spain. Yeah. Great to see Amy Davis is staying on her Triple A's. Brilliant. Yeah. Incredible. Brilliant. What an asset she is. Incredibly talented. So so good. Such professional quality content, and an honor to to have her associated with the club again yeah. for another season. But what I would say is, the main sort of subject that captures all of this is this fan advisory board where is it Mm. we've had so much since the takeover and again like i said we're being sold this rhetoric of being a community club who care for the fans working class and you know community and supporters are at the heart of every decision we make and they might seem inconsequential to some people but it is the shirt printing it is the junior dragons there's so many little things and bigger issues as well that just aren't being ran by supporters and you know Wrexham could could give themselves so much better PR and avoid quite a few sort of of these social media pylons if they were communicating with fans better and if they had this advisory board in place where it's a two-way conversation and it's not necessarily this this board telling Wrexham what to do but it's telling them how to convey it and how best to break the news to supporters how to work with supporters so that it is a two-way conversation and, you know, you think back to the Lucas Oil deal, which, you know, has mysteriously fallen through after backlash from supporters. Maybe that's coincidental. We don't know. But like I said, this fan advisory board can't come soon enough. I know we've advocated it for a long time, Nathan. I kind of want to use this platform to push it again. Where is it? We need some involvement. I'm not saying mm. that we go forward for ourselves. I mean, I'd love to be involved if I could be, but, you know, that's not my decision to make. But there needs to be more fan representation and supporters need to feel like their voices are really being heard and they're not just being used as a marketing asset. Yeah, look, you know, obviously I would I would love to be involved, but maybe they maybe they need some different different voices, Rich. I mean, people must be 78 episodes. People must be sick of us by now. But, you know, they've got to get laughing aside, jokes aside, they've got to get a group in place that even if it's they just hear it out and they say, no, we're going to go ahead with it anyway. At least then you you know you've had your voice heard. It's not about us always getting what we want. Uh, we've got to understand that, that business decisions are being made and, yeah, calls are being made that just simply fans are not going to be, A, privy to, and, B, it, 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 you know, it, they're allowed to make decisions that they believe. They're in the positions of power. They believe that they're in the best interest of the club. We've just got to have a platform where we can give reasons and, and, and explanations why we don't agree with certain decisions prior to it causing a massive storm. And also we need to step away from, I think, just tagging Rob and Ryan and everything because not to say that they aren't heavily involved, but I, I find it tricky to believe they're consulted on every single decision that goes on at the club. Um, obviously, they're, you know, they're in charge of the big, big decisions, but I think every every sort of every deal here and there is that getting signed off by them, maybe. But you know they've hired some really experienced people that I believe they would trust to do so. So, you know, maybe I'm speaking out of turn there, but I probably don't think I am. Um, fan advisory board. I just think, look, it would be a lot of pressure on those fans if stuff didn't get done. I think it would be a pretty difficult situation. But I think at least then you would have. I heard it on uh, Liam Randall, who uh, we know from the Fearless podcast, said that it was like a, having a critical friend, Rich. And I think, you know, me and you have known each other a long time and, and, and other friends. It's 
you've got to be held to accountable sometimes. You know what I mean? You can't you can't necessarily just do everything like you want it. It's it's good and healthy to have somebody maybe put an arm around you and say, look, this isn't this isn't going to work. This this isn't right. So fingers crossed. I believe there was a conversation quite a while ago now involving Fleur and uh, the idea of a fan advisory board and, and getting some fans sort of selected, handpicked to be part of this board. And it's gone very, very quiet. So fingers crossed that recent, recent debates and recent talks and online forums and everything can kind of bring it back to the fore and, and, and really get that in place. Because I think if you can get that in place, it's a real key building block for the mission statement. Uh, again that's all we can say really is just reiterate that it needs to happen and hopefully these sort of like i said social media issues that get raised can can lead to to better change for the club and for the benefit of everyone really associated with wrexham like you said we're not saying that fans are going to run the club and that's how it's going to be we voted for this takeover so you've got to hold your hands up and accept that there are owners and there's you know a new way of of the of the club going about things you know that's what we voted for we relinquished that power but hopefully that there can still be the fans say in, in things going forward and can be consulted on some of these key issues which that like we said will be beneficial for everyone involved it seems Nath before we get onto Macclesfield this weekend then transfers um if it wasn't Man United friendly it was transfers the hot topic of this week Tom Lowry all gone a bit quiet I know that you're privy to some information on that and it sounds like it would be a very large fee required to to get him on our books in terms of wages it would certainly be the highest earner if not one of the highest at the club if if that were to to materialize it's it's bad advice it it's bad what i would say to young players and i get to you know obviously i tend to speak to younger players that are on the rise rather than these massively established pros um don't take bad stop taking bad advice and stop having terrible agents that are putting you in bad situations. Tom Lowry, a very good midfielder, is is currently a free agent because, you know, I was told MK Dons booked at the fee, uh, not the, the fee, the, the wages involved. Ipswich, where I'd previously said, I think, on a podcast that he'd had a trial there at Ipswich. Well, I would have to believe, and, and, you know, take this with a pinch of salt, uh, no pun intended on my name, um, take this with a pinch of salt if you want. Ipswich was supposedly offering him £4,000 a week uh, and the agent believed he was worth more than that and dithered on that deal. That deal is now not on the table. I'm led to believe it could rematerialize. Who knows? You know, when you're looking for more towards £6,000 a week, that's just not... I, I get that people are saying we're... You know, and you see all these articles, don't you? We're giving Paul Mullin eight hundred and fifty grand a week, or we're giving Ollie Palmer six million a year, or some, you know, the nonsense. Aaron Hayden's one million pound goal bonus for scoring. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Christian Dibble's five million... Uh, signing on feet, you know, just making up numbers for the sake of it. Um, and so I've been sidetracked, Rich. We just got a notification that said we are a fake page. So maybe we, maybe we don't exist. Maybe we're... Take that with a pinch of salt. Yeah, well, there you go. So anyway, um, where was I? Uh, Tom Lowry. Yeah, and, and so, you know, you've got a very good player there that's sort of in limbo now because no one wants to touch the wage demands. And he'll, he'll probably end up taking a deal that's lower than what, much lower than what he probably could have got. So that's gone very quiet. Jordan Turnbull was a name people would sort of join in the dots. I don't know whether it's because he had a great beard or he just became available from Salford. He's gone to Tranmere. And the impression was, speaking to Parky, speaking to the Daily Post, was that he wasn't in for him. He wasn't in for him and and, and that was that. It would have been another centre-back. 
the name floating around Jacob Mendy, who has the same agent as is it Alejandro Garnacho? Is that his it name? Is, Man yeah. United. Yeah, so they go same agent there. So you do wonder whether he maybe was there today, and there was a little conversation had. Who knows? Um, guys over at Fearless saying about that one, and the one I want to put on people's radar. Shares an agent. I know this this would be quite bad, actually, wouldn't it, given McAlinden's playing that position. But sharing an agent with Liam McAlinden is a player, a right wing back by trade at Woking called, I think it's Kayvon Lofthouse. You know, a, a, a very, very good player at the National League level. I think me and you have both got Woking as kind of a dark horse. Maybe we'll do that um, as the season goes on, kind of our prediction. But I think I, I definitely have. I've got Woking as a a decent little side with Padre Garmond up front, Darren Saal managing them now. Kayvon Lofthouse, keep an eye on it. Um, maybe nothing, maybe something, maybe everything. Who knows? But an attacking right wing back who's got interest from Carlisle, got interest from Swindon Town. So maybe he goes into the Football League. But look, I think he be a brilliant acquisition. And and, and, if, and if Mendy comes off, I watch Mendy play for Bournemouth against Everton. I thought he was magnificent as a left wing back. And that would be some serious competition for Callum McFadzian. So it's gone a bit quiet. Phil Parkinson Rich doesn't seem like he's too stressed out if we don't have everyone in by Eastley. That's that's the impression he seemed to give this week. Yeah, he said that, you know, the start of the season isn't the end of the window. So again, it comes full circle to what we've said in the past that this summer was about cherry picking players to bolster his squad. It wasn't necessarily about strengthening his first 11 in a way is about strengthening the options on the bench and obviously there's going to be a lot of rotation and those players that are signed will get game time but it was just about making sure you had the the strength and depth that we lacked last season and and what certainly did cost us towards the end of last season Jacob Mendy you know he would be the type of wing back I've sort of pined for on the podcast in the past as well as someone who can really offer an attacking threat uh, going forward Turnbull has gone to Tranmere, non-starter, Parky said on that one. Interesting as well, to understand that Jack Payne, who's just joined Charlton, was also of interest to Wrexham. Right. Went for Elliot Lee instead, another attacking sort of midfield option, Jack Payne. But yeah, he's, he's ended up at Charlton, understand there was an offer from Wrexham for him in the summer. Again, not sure when, when that in the summer would have been. I think it was much earlier and we, we turned our attention to Lee instead and that's by no means sort of a second choice but someone else who, who was on that sort of list of, of options we were looking at. And yeah, it's going to be interesting now to see what happens heading into that new season. Like you said, Nick, I think maybe on next week's podcast we can do our sort of season pre- preview. I, I do think Woking are a, a real dark horse. They just seem to have something about them, really gaining momentum in terms of their backroom staff and the personnel they're attracting. But, you know, let us know at Rob Ryan Red on Twitter, at Rob Ryan Red on Instagram, and Rob Ryan Red at gmail.com. Your thoughts ahead of the new season, any teams you're looking out for, who you think your dark horses are, who you're tipping for the title. I hope it's Wrexham, but I'm being quite pessimistic in my <laughs> predictions uh, if you read our Wrexham group chat that we have on WhatsApp. Oh, and God. Nafe. We have got another game this weekend as well. Macclesfield, um, first time we've faced them since they've you know been reformed. And you've been catching up with ongoings at the club. Yeah, an old friend, a uh, really good friend of mine, uh, Jordan. Not da- Well, actually, <laughs> I was about to say tell a lie. His name actually is Jordan Davis, but not that one. Um, the original Jordan Davis, uh, he was, as he would say. 
Um, not sure if he wears the number seven, but yeah, good friend of mine. He's been a Mac season to get older since I think it's 2002. Look, he, he's followed Mac uh, over land and sea, been there for the highs, been there for the lows, an unreal supporter, you know, really good mate of mine. I can't speak highly enough of him. And I know he was on holiday, so I, I, he told me, look, I'm in Portugal. I'm having a good time. I'm having a pina colada, a margarita by the pool. And I said, look, can you give me five minutes maybe? Can you give me something just to fill me in on Macclesfield? And yeah, we had a great chat. So, yeah, here's my chat earlier on uh, with the poolside, Jordan Davis. If you like pina coladas, preview the Wrexham game. Finally got Jordan on, as I said in the intro earlier in the podcast. Jordan, season ticket holder since 2002. Known Jordan a long time, good guy. Tells me everything I need to know about Macclesfield and how uh, we haven't moved uh, since Macclesfield have gone back down mm-hmm. and are on the way back. Jordan, you're in. You're on holiday. I'm badgering you while you're on holiday. How's things? How is life with Macclesfield right now? Um, well, nice to speak to you again, Nathan. Yes, I've known you for a long time. Uh, good friend. Um, Macclesfield, suitably chaotic since I've been following uh, the club since 2002, as you mentioned. Um, a whole heap of highs and, and obviously very recently the the greatest low that we've um, suffered. But we have bounced back in, in true Macclesfield style. The, the, the yo-yoing of, of fortunes has carried on. We're... Uh, since we last met, obviously, Wrexham, we're, we're now uh, owned by Rob Smethurst and Robbie Savage, who obviously knows your your part of the world very well. I'm sure that's some connection to why this friendly has taken place. Um, we Last season was our first season as Macclesfield FC. We won the Northwest Counties League. Um, at the start of the season, it was a bit kind of ragtag. We probably got through a lot of players came and went. Um, by the end of the season, we had a settled team who won the last 10 league games and we then won the league that league very comfortably. A lot of them playing beneath their level because they want to play for Macclesfield in front of the crowds have now gone up since being in the Football League. We're now in, in excess of 3,000 every game, often 4,000, which is not something Wrexham might have experienced when you came to the Moss Rose, unless you brought half the fans yourselves. Um, so now we're in the... Northern Premier League Division One West, um, full of exciting teams like uh, Widnes and Prescott Cables and Newcastle Town, etc. The joys, um, but we're very hopeful of progressing through that league as well. And as I mentioned, there's a, there's a quite a few players who wouldn't be playing in that level if they weren't playing for Macclesfield. We are obviously it's it's bizarre. We were in the Football League, of course, being the smallest or one of the smallest. Um, teams there and now we are in effect although we would hate to be referred to as this the Man United of that league the biggest team the biggest attraction the biggest fans the biggest um, financial power so we're trying to trying to move through these leagues but as you'll see on Saturday there are some players who and I've seen Mac in the conference and, and the football league and there's we've got a few now who could definitely play in the conference who are just playing for somebody, somebody like Mark Duffy, who was playing Sheffield United when they got promoted to the Premier League in, in 2018. And he's come because he's kind of winding down from football almost, but still has so much ability. So he's come to get involved with the coaching side, but also play a part and just, he still spreads those passes. He's just so 
class. And when you see him in the league games that we, he was playing last season as well in the Northwest Counties League, and it is a joke watching people who are just blatantly like the part-time footballer that people envisage, sort of PE teacher, personal trainer, or whatever. And you watch him just ball roll or something, or just play a pass that they can't see, and you just go, "Wow!" And then we've got, um, in my opinion, our best player is a lad called James Berry, who is a, a wingo we we bought from Altrincham. I don't know why they allowed us; they loaned him to us last season. I don't know why they've allowed us to buy him. They've clearly not done their work with him because. He, in my opinion, is the best player we've had since Danny Rowe, who we sold to Ipswich, the previous um, club, if you like. And he's a little wizard. He's about 21. And his direct running is is unbelievable. He just It's just scary. It's so scary for the defenders when you just see him running at you. He can go outside or inside. He's, he scores goals from outside the box. I'd be, I'm very surprised. Actually. I probably shouldn't say these kind of things, actually. Um, when we've played, we've played a lot of teams in higher leagues over the preseason. I'd be very surprised if people weren't going, can we have a can we have a look at him or something? Because he's unbelievable. And the one who's getting all the kind of media attention is um, the goalkeeper we've uh, loaned in from Liverpool, who they, the Brazilian fella, I believe his name is um, Marcelo Pitaluga, I do believe, who um, they paid money for him. And he's been in, I don't want to say something too ridiculous because he's currently playing for Macclesfield, but I swear he's been in Brazil, in the Brazil setup, be that the the I thought it was the first team, but that sounds incredible to say. Maybe maybe the under twenty threes or something, but he's now he trains at Liverpool. We think in the week, and plays for Mac in the games. I don't know how savage. They said it's the biggest signing in in if not non league football, certainly kind of the levels that we're at. And I have seen him in the preseason, and it that when the hype is that big, you think. Surely not, you know, just a lone, a lone player from Liverpool or whatever. But there are, I've seen in the small sample size already some saves and you go, wow, I don't think maybe our regular goalkeepers, if you like, at this level uh, uh, have a chance of saving them. So, But you'll see for yourselves on uh, on Saturday what you think. And, and, there's, and there's plenty of other players as well who have potentially big futures in the game. We've got, you know, your Neil Dans, et cetera, who's, who's come down as well. So we're moving in the right direction. Yeah, I was going to say, have you had some players that we had? I mean, thinking off the top of my head, I should do my homework, Kieran Kennedy, Curtis Obbing, players like that, that we had over the mm. years and they've played a part in, in, in Macclesfield FC early on? Or have I made that up? Have I got that that's wrong? Very, that's a very interesting point because when the club was formed, even though... Is in essence an extension of the previous club. The badge is the same, just missing the word town. The colour is still light, uh, sorry, dark blue. We still play at what you would know as the Moss Rose. The away end is still the away end. Danny Whitaker still involved, still the same PA, etc. So it is the same club, but we have officially obviously reformed. And when that happened, a lot of players, we went to find a team from nowhere. So there's a load of trial matches and things like that. And two of the players who we signed on are exactly who you just mentioned. Kieran Kennedy, who was a part of our title-winning conference team in 2017-18. So we were like, wow, I cannot believe he's come from... John Askey took him to Shrewsbury and then Port Vale. I think that was the order. And then he ended up at Wrexham and then to Macclesfield, as I understand it. Unless he maybe played for someone slightly in between, possibly York. But either way, he shouldn't have been in the... uh, Northwest Counties League. And for some reason with him, it just, it didn't work. I think it's because we played very attacking, sort of everyone was 
we sort of played very attacking and then there was obviously a huge gap between the goalkeeper and the centre-backs because we were on the front foot the whole time. And if the other team put it over the top and they had a quick guy, I think that possibly is what exposed him or similar. And we did sign some other players who weren't quick. And I remember, because Savage is very, very approachable. I do remember speaking to him or hearing him. I spoke to him at something else. I can't remember if I heard it from him directly or someone else who spoke to him this particular fact. But he said, we've changed now to just fast defenders. So, so with Kieran Kennedy and Curtis Obeng, who started at right back and then ended up being the second right back, but was there for the whole of last season. But they're now not there anymore. And we've gone to people who can run and it's ball players. So it's kind of defenders who are comfortable. Because especially at home, our home record last season, we only lost one match. I think we only drew one and won all the rest in the league. That's what kind of the foundation of winning that league was built on. But it's now an, uh, a 4G pitch. We have we must have 70% of the ball minimum. And it's the defenders starting the moves, very comfortable, passing from side to side, picking someone out. And I think so all power to Kieran Kennedy for wanting to come back. And, and I certainly was delighted that he obviously was still wanting to be connected with Macclesfield and that, but it didn't, it didn't work out as him being a star player, but he was there. He, they, they were both there. I don't know. I think Curtis O'Bank signed for FC United now in the Northern Premier League. Mm. And Kieran Kennedy, I think, has gone to Stockport Town, which are one lower than what we were last season. So I don't know if it's... Because we were part-time last season. We're now, we're now daytime training, which means they're... They're not full-time, but they train three days. So two evenings, it's three days. So you, you could be able to work in the evening type thing. But it's kind of a it's move for um, sort of young people, who young, younger players who are trying to be footballers, so use it as a pathway, or lone players from professional teams because that kind of aligns a bit more. Um, yeah, so it didn't quite work for them, but not quite not for the want of trying. What I was gonna say as a, as a last point, then, so you can get back to your sunbeds and your margaritas. That's what it. is it like? What is it like now? Because you know, I remember speaking to you. You had Tyro Marsh. You'd you'd got promoted, Sir John Askey, yeah. and all that. And it was you, you know, I was very jealousy at the time because we couldn't move, and we still mm. haven't. What what is it like now with with the fan base? Like you say, loads loads more going. Is it is it super fun? I mean, you're winning a lot more, but it, is it what you expected it to be? So I think this is the situation with, with the club right now. So we've got Wednesday Football League. There was a, a list as long as my arm of failings administratively and sort of as a running of the football club, which the fans tried to bail out and so on and so forth. And we were eventually thrown out of the Football League. On, on the official line, it might say relegated. We weren't relegated. We were thrown out of the Football League. We were thrown numerous sanctions until it was enough for our points per game to be the lowest. We weren't relegated, we were thrown out of the Football League. If we were then started in the conference, which we were scheduled to do, but never got that far because we were wound up in the high court. If we were then in the conference, sort of hand-to-mouth, not quite whatever, 44-week contracts and that, I would, I think people just wouldn't have gone because we were in the Football League and that was cheated from the fans and it was now a shell of a club. So I think the only way that this could have worked, and this is why there's enthusiasm, is if we had to start again. And then 
adds into that the fact that Robbie Savage, who is so invested, he's there all the time, and he's so busy, obviously, as we know, with sort of TV and radio and that, but in the week, he's there, he's sorting things out, he's so, he's very approachable, he does, there's a fan Facebook group, private fan Facebook group, and he's doing live streams in there and posting bits of information, and this is about this game and this, these tickets, this loan signing and so on. And all of that enthusiasm has fed into, so there's some of the same faces who I know I've seen for many years. And then there's more children, more women, more families and so on. And as you said, because we're winning, that hasn't gone away. The test will be, and I think everyone expects us to win this league and that's fair enough. But then the league above, the Northern Premier League has some very good teams in it. South Shields are a full-time team who are in that league and they've been stuck in that league for a few years now. Obviously, COVID got in the way and whatever. The league above has Darlington, who got up to that level, stagnated. Hereford, stagnated. Chester in that league. Um, so there's a lot of teams who maybe they thought, you know, we're a Phoenix club. We're just going to run through the leagues. And then what happens if you level off? Will the crowds drop? That's a question for, for down the track. Hopefully with the the pull of Savage and sort of the, the fact that we've got, there's now a gym and a bar at the football club that feed into the money for the players. And at the start, I think people thought, will it? But it definitely has because we've got so many players playing below their level that the money is being funneled in. They're trying to build a new bar in the corner that's now become kind of like a fan zone. God bless Robbie Savage. He comes on his live stream and mm. says, we want an Ibiza-style fan zone with with deck chairs and palm trees and people think you're a madman, but he's a, he's a dreamer and he's, it's being action. So heaven knows, maybe he'll come to our grounds at, at some point, maybe in the FA trophy, who knows? Um, you might see all that. Um, maybe. maybe. So well, finally, then, finally then, go on. Finally, go on. finally then, what should we say? This weekend, you've had a good pre-season, you've had a good performance against York, we'd say. You think yeah. we could upset the apple, you could upset the apple cart a bit at Rexham this weekend? No, because you are a bit like us in that you have players below your level as well. So I think I think we could beat Conference North teams. I think if in the trophy we were pulled up against Chester, I think we could beat them or they could beat us. I, I think that's the level of the team we've got, a good Conference North level, low Conference. That's why I think you're the best team in the Conference and we're away. So I think you'll win probably two or three but I think people who watch football will go, there's some talented players in this team. I can't believe they're in the fourth tier of non-league. So there you go, Rich. Uh, amazingly, I, I didn't realise that. Obviously, I didn't really follow Wrexham players when they leave, but Kieran Kennedy just couldn't hack it in whatever it was, the Northwest Counties. Just said he got caught out. And sound like Curtis Obeng also didn't get uh, much of a go. Definitely, if you haven't already, go and listen to the Curtis Obeng interview. Um which you can go back in the catalogue. I know we shared, a, somebody asked me, when's the Craig Vulcanbridge interview out? And that, because I put a reel out on Instagram of him talking about Man United and playing in that four-all game. And that's already out. That's episode 42. So definitely like go back. If you're fairly new, you haven't listened to all of all 78, we'll forgive you. Go back and listen. There's Adrian Chislovich, Adriano Moke, uh, Joss Maebe, Louis Malt, James Jennings, loads of good, good interviews. And, We've got a really special one, haven't we, Rich, coming up, which I think will be brilliant. Um, and I guess final word then, Rich, because we need to wrap it up and, and, and get going and get, get some downtime because our phones have exploded. The kits. 
three kits now, white, blue, red. Overall, what, what are your thoughts? I do like them all. I do like them all. I don't think I'll be buying the red one this season just because it does slightly have the trading kit vibe to me. I've got a very yeah. temperamental washing machine, which I think will absolutely massacre the badge. <laughs> and, you know, I love I love the I love the unique detailing of it, or the Welsh Dragons. I'd give yeah. it sort of seven out of ten for me. It's it is nice, but Solid. it's not something I'd rush out and buy. The blue right. kit, I do really like the baby blue. I love the collar on it. It's yeah, it's a nice kit, but like I've said in the past, I've got I'm very lucky to say I've got the sort of 94, 95 sky blue oh. kit. So if I was going to wear a sky blue Wrexham shirt, I've yeah. kind of already got the pinnacle. The white kit. Are you picking one up then, or what? Are you picking one up this season? Or do you not think? Maybe well, not. No, because I've already got the green tracksuit, which was more than this a shirt it was anyway. So this I think that's just going to be my my purchase for the season. Really, you know, maybe if we. Maybe if we win a trophy and I can have gold printing on the back, not that we provide Maybe the white anyway. one is nice. The, the white one is nice. If if you, if you do need one, I've got that one. The white one. I'm probably gonna treat myself maybe to the red one. I'm so it's growing on me. I don't know. I'm. I would love it with the Betty Buzz on there. I know they're probably not gonna sell them. I would probably prefer that one than the Vista Print. Sorry, Vista Print. If you're listening, I'm sure they're not. Um. But yeah, overall, Rich, I'm. I think I'm happy. I think of the kits we've seen in the TikTok era, TikTok era. I think my favourite one is last season's home kit. Definitely, I think that. I think that'll be a classic for years I'm to li- come. I think I'm that one genuinely will be one. wearing that right now as we record. I, yes. I, I I love it. That's that's probably my my favourite one. Then I would say the white one. Then what can I do? Then I would probably say this season's red one with the dragons and everything. Then I'm gonna go blue, and then I'm gonna go the green. I just don't like the color on the green one. I can't get on board with it, and I know the players in the end just didn't want to play in that one. Yeah, I, I like the green one. I think it looks. I mean, like like I said, when you see Robin Ryan wearing any kit, it looks good on them, but it just didn't. It wasn't my sort of vibe. I would have loved, you know, a collar on the home shirt this season, but yeah, it's it's a good problem can't to have. have it isn't all. It? Can't kids have it that all. have TikTok on the front of them, and you know, <laughs> we're, we're going into another season of hope and excitement, and hopefully this could be the season, the season that we've always been dreaming of. But we will be there every step of the way, no matter what happens. I'll be there Saturday, race course. I'm excited, Rich. I'm excited. I'm back. Rob Ryan Red will be there. So if you see me, I'll be sat in the Yale paddock. Say hello. I'm very excited to be back. And I can't wait as well. I've got the first game of the season off. I've got Chesterfield away to look forward to. Off for Woking and Yeovil, but can I actually be bothered to make either of those trips <laughs> is the question. We will find out. Maybe on next week I'll have an answer for you. But as always, thank you for joining us on Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham AFC podcast brought to you in association with Red 10 People Development. The stings, the music that Naif edits in, that is brought to you from Wrexham-based band Hypnotic. Their details are in the description below as well. From myself and Naif, thank you so much for listening, particularly if you're new around here. Please do give us a like and subscribe if you haven't already. And we will see you again next time. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got butt for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.